Amen. I'm grateful for all of the incredible spirit-inspired gifts of music that allow us to worship more deeply this morning. So last Sunday, Pastor Howard started on this preaching series, taking us through the first book of the Bible, Genesis. We'll be moving through the, pretty much the second half of the book, starting with this story of Abraham and Sarah. Well, I'm going to continue their story this morning, as you heard me continue with the children. So God has created this covenant with Abraham. The covenant also means a promise. So this promise, which hinges, on the promise that Abraham and Sarah will have children who will then grow through the generations to create this great nation. Well, the big question at this particular point in the story that I'm turning to this morning is there are no descendants between Abraham and Sarah. God keeps making promises, though, for things that have yet to be seen. This passage from chapter 18, it shows us one of many examples of how we may respond to such incredulous promises. So listen now to the word of God from Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He, Abraham, looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf and he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife, Sarah? And Abraham said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind them. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, oh yes, you did laugh. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we turn to discuss the scripture, let us first turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. God of grace and God of goodness, 
As we have heard your word proclaimed, may your spirit take hold of these words. May your spirit take hold of our hearts. May your spirit flow through what I say. May it not be mine, but it may it be your will. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes faith is a scandal. Walter Brueggemann uses this word to describe just one of the many responses we may have to this part of the story. Faith, he says, can be scandalous. Hearing some promise, which makes no sense, can bring about shock, disbelief, even outrage. Of course that can't happen. But the scandalous is also exciting, isn't it? Dare I say addictive. When we hear that word scandal in our culture, the stories that get the most likes, the most airtime, that draw the biggest audience are the scandalous stories. Take that story of a happily married couple with two kids, a dog, wealth, an active social life, but this perfect picture is just on the outside. Behind closed doors, there is a dark secret that breaks this family apart. Scandal. The story of that wildly popular church, which grows and grows and grows by the thousands, bringing people in of all ages through the door. People who never thought they would darken the door of a church, a place that professed a faith in Jesus. But little by little, revelations of financial and emotional abuse start to leak out from the leadership. And that church is no longer the popular place it once was. Scandal. Or the story of the self-made woman who came from nothing, built a business on a million-dollar idea, then it was all stolen from big corporations who knew how to work the system scandalous. Story after story fill our lives, don't they? These are those stories of when the unexpected happens, lives are ruined, relationships are broken, trust is shattered. Most of the time when we hear this word scandal, these are the kinds of stories that we think of. These stories that end up revolving, ending up on the revolving gossip wheel and make their way through the community. Sometimes the stories end up not really the truth, but it's all scandalous. Stories that shock us to the point of disbelief. Stories that don't make sense in our seemingly normal lives. Stories that may leave us with our mouth open, our eyes wide. These stories that shock us to the point where we may even gasp or laugh laugh out loud. It can't be. Well, the scandal of our faith is a shock and an awe which lives on a completely different playing field. Faith, this ability to believe in the face of doubt, this stance of trusting in something or someone where there is no logical reason to do so. Faith is about believing, believing beyond a proven truth. Faith is trusting in something or someone that can't even be explained at times, but you still believe in it. The scandal of our faith is that God has promised something so amazing, so deep, so beautiful, so beyond what we would ever expect that we are left in a moment of overwhelming disbelief. 
this is where we find Abraham and Sarah. God has proclaimed a covenant, a divine promise between God and Abraham. And this promise is threefold. One, God promises that Abraham will have many descendants and these will become a great nation. Two, this great nation, all these descendants, will inherit the land of Canaan, the promised land. And three, these descendants, this great nation, will all be a blessing for the entire world. This is a grand promise that God makes. The measure of these descendants is also pretty overwhelming. God says, imagine the number of the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the earth. This is the number of descendants God is talking about to Abraham. This is huge, probably a bit difficult for Abraham to wrap his head around, not to mention his heart. If that wasn't enough, God takes this unbelievable promise to the next level and says, Sarah, your wife, is the woman who will be blessed with a child, and through this child, that great nation I promised you will rise. Abraham, back in chapter 17, is told this, couldn't hold it in any longer. He falls on his face laughing. That's right, Abraham laughed first right in front of God, right in front of God, Abraham falls on his face and laughs. How can this be? My wife is barren. She is older than old, just like I am. This doesn't make any sense. Abraham, even at that point, tries to point out to God, but look, I have a child. It's with Hagar. Look at Ishmael. Obviously, this great nation can rise through him, but God says, no. Sarah is going to have this baby I'm talking about. But Ishmael is great. He will be blessed. But I promise, Sarah is going to have this baby. So then we move into chapter 18 this passage I read this morning. First, we receive a lesson on how to practice immense hospitality, especially to those we don't know. Abraham pulls out all the stops for these three strangers that show up, these visitors that were unexpected. Abraham is running around. It tells us he's running, he's hastening, trying to get all the best food to offer them. It also seems that God doesn't realize that that Abraham doesn't realize that God's actually part of this trio of men. After everything is ready and set, Abraham stands off to the side so they can enjoy their meal. When Abraham first greeted them, he greeted them as Lord, lowercase l, not Lord, uppercase l. He doesn't realize who is before him. Then comes the unexpected climax of the story. It is now the voice of the Lord that is speaking through one of these visitors who proclaims again, Sarah is going to bear a child. Well, at this point it says Sarah is back inside the tent. She's apparently eavesdropping and she laughs to herself when she hears this ridiculous promise. She is old. 
Her husband is old. She is past the point to physically be able to have a child. She has resigned herself to the reality that she will not bear a child that she has dreamed of her whole life. This part of the story, friends, is a scandal all by itself. The expectation that she would bear children has carried Sarah her whole life. That's what was expected of her, an expectation that never came to fruition. Friends, the scandal of infertility is painful. It is all-consuming. It is a reality that a multitude of women endure every single day. We should all remember that when we speak of such things. When Sarah hears this stranger declare that she will have a child, she reacts with shock, with complete disbelief. Her laughter, I would suggest, is not condescending nor rude, which a lot of scholars point out, but I would say it is a laughter of exasperation. I also point out she shows a lot more restraint than her husband who falls on his face in laughter in front of God. No, she laughs to herself back in the tent because this is her journey that she has taken. This is her experience that she has dealt with. This stranger, though, who it seems to be now revealed as the Lord, calls Sarah out on her response by asking Abraham... Why is she laughing? Seems Abraham didn't share the details of that prior meeting that he had with the Lord when he has promised that his wife will bear a child and from whom will come the many descendants. So God says to Abraham, why is she laughing? For Abraham, this is the second time that he has heard this unbelievable promise. Perhaps that's why he stays silent throughout the conversation. But Sarah hidden in her tent. Here's this word from a, a stranger that she will have a child in her old age. She reacts the way we would expect her to react. She is shocked. She knows her body. She knows her life. This is a promise that is too much, too wonderful, too amazing, too unexpected, but this is the kind of promise that God makes in our lives. This is the kind of promise that God fulfills, the too wonderful, the too amazing, the too unexpected. Scripture shows us story after story of how God makes promises and then God follows through. The challenge of Sarah and Abraham is the challenge that we all face. It's the wait, the waiting that we endure before those promises are fulfilled. Sarah doesn't have a child yet, and she will wait more after this revelation. Abraham is still waiting to see this covenant relationship really get started. Where are these descendants? Where is this great nation? The waiting and the groaning and the impatience of our imperfect human broken predicament can be overwhelming too. This is the crazy, beautiful nature of faith though. The scandal of our faith. Brueggemann that I quoted earlier points out that faith is not a reasonable act which fits into the normal scheme of life and perception. 
we proclaim, we experience on a day-to-day basis that um, our experience of life shows us that life is unfair. People are mean. Evil runs rampant. All these things are normal, though, aren't they? It's normal to experience the brokenness and the injustice and the oppression and the waiting on something good to happen in this life. All these things are normal, but God offers these promises that fly in the face of what's normal, of what makes sense. God promises a love that can move mountains. God promises a forgiveness that covers any and every wrongdoing. God promises a life where there is no pain, no tears, no worry. God promises a goodness and a mercy that will overcome every single soul, every single corner of creation, and that we will rest in perfection forever. Really? sounds so good. It sounds so perfect. Can you even imagine that perfection? Can you? Makes you just want to laugh, doesn't it? God promises the unimaginable. Perfection. No more pain. No more saying goodbye to loved ones. No more hurting. No more crying. Really? One of the gifts we have as a people of this marvelous and scandalous faith is we are able to catch glimpses of that eternal promise that God has made to us. There are moments when we can be overcome with this unconditional, lovely goodness, and it can even bring out laughter. I watched a video not long ago of a baby who was mostly deaf had never heard the sound of her parents. They show the moment, you've probably seen videos just like this, that moment where the baby is fitted with a hearing aid and then the undeniable expression of joy and laughter light up that baby's face when she hears her mother's voice for the first time. The unexpected gift of hearing the voice of the one who loved you first, scandalous joy. Or the story of the Iranian woman whose son was killed and just moments before his killer was executed, she steps forward and asks to have him pardon. The unexpected gift of forgiveness, the scandalousness of mercy. When my, and I I got permission from Mariah to share this story this morning, when my six-year-old daughter holds her little sister, every time she holds her, She starts laughing. And I can tell she's trying to hold it back. She'll go like that. She's trying to hold it back. You can tell there's this belly laugh just itching to get out. So I asked her one time, I'm like, why do you always laugh every time you're holding Dottie? She says, I can't help myself. She's so cute. I love her so much. The unexpected laugh of simply loving someone of simply recognizing their face as a child of God. I think of Sarah hearing this promise of something that sounds so good, so perfect, so beautiful, she just laughs out loud. Abraham and Sarah 
They had accepted hopelessness as normal. Anything beyond that didn't seem possible, didn't seem attainable, and yet God says, it is. With God, through this scandalous faith we have, anything that God promises impossible, but it's important to remember. What we pray for, what we want to see as that impossible coming, becoming possible, may not be what becomes possible. God may have a greater, more deeply, more perfect reveal of the possible coming. And it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always happen when we want it to. But when God does make a promise, you can be sure that it will happen. In the meantime, though, may we, le may we live each day expecting the unexpected. And feel free to laugh. We can be sure that God is laughing right along with us, loving us deeply, and keeping a promise. To the glory of God in the name of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.